Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with a promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, before we get to the actual nuts and bolts of this podcast, you were in Keenan Stadium over the weekend. I was as well. Let's get your thoughts on just how you thought the environment was, because I'm telling you, man, this is probably the best recruiting environment that I think I've seen in Keenan since that Zero Dark Thursday game several years ago. What were your thoughts on the crowd and just like how the what the buzz was like inside of the stadium? I, I thought it was great. And I agree with you on everything that you said about just the 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 crowd and you know the last time it's been to that level um you know i actually usually I, I sit up in the in the press box um you know working on my gallery and all that but um my family actually went to the game so um, once i got done my my uh, responsibilities for the day i was able to spend uh, more than half of the game down there actually um, sitting a few rows up from the student section so i actually got to be in it as opposed to up in the press box where obviously you hear it but it's one thing to kind of see it from a distance and you where you're kind of um, contained, you know, and actually be in, in there. And I thought really the crowd was just unbelievable. And I felt like it started with the uh, the student section was just all into it with with the cheers and everything. And there were definitely Hokie fans there, but the UNC crowd seemed to do a really good job of holding their own and and, you know, competing you know, with the, with the chant competes and everything like that. And it, it was definitely the best atmosphere in Keenan Stadium from, from my perspective in a, in a very long time. And the uh, responses from recruits that are just coming out has reflected that also. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just a second. I think the worry going into this game was that the Hokie fans would potentially outnumber UNC fans, or it could be a 50-50 split. But like you said, Don, once everyone kind of got settled, you know, about halfway through that first quarter there, the UNC faithful really showed out. And I think that it was important to show a glimpse to those recruits that were on campus that, hey, this is what UNC football is capable of. You know, it's a common myth, and I'm sure we'll touch on it, that Keenan Stadium just doesn't get that big for games, that the UNC fans don't care, they're all about basketball, blah, blah, blah. But that was not the case at all this past weekend, and I think that that was very important to show out to that large group of kids who were there. Yeah, and, and as I said, it started with the student section. I mean, they were they were, they were were present, they were loud, they were involved throughout the entire game, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they purposely placed the the recruits very close to the, the student section in Keaton Stadium, you know, because obviously you, you want your student section to represent you. And they did a really good job um, on Saturday night. And the thing too is, I mean, people talk about different percentages. I mean, it definitely was. I mean, there was there were definitely Hokie fans there, and they were definitely loud. 
but they were clearly outnumbered. It wasn't, you know, it was definitely greater than a, a 60-40 split, you know, for, towards UNC. It's probably, you know, I mean, I would say almost 80-20, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, the Hokie fans, they're definitely going to cheer, and, and they made sure that they were heard. But um, really, I mean, the UNC fans, you know, they deserve credit, those that were there, because uh, it definitely made that environment, and I think it really helped a lot of things by being there and, and cheering throughout. It definitely made a mark on one big-time four-star offensive lineman from 2020, and that's where I want to start this discussion, is with Mitchell Mays. You ran the story, Don, for those that want to read it entirely. It is on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board. But the gist of it is, you know, Mays kind of spoke on how the UNC fans do have that negative reputation, um, all the the negativity that he hears about Keenan Stadium. And it sounds as if UNC really made a good job to show that that is not the actual reality at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, his recruitment is, is uh, you know, far from being done. You know, mm-hmm. um, even though he says he's wide open, I think that it's safe to assume that NC State is the team to beat in this. And if you're going to land him, you got to you got to beat NC State. I think that um, this being his first game in Keenan Stadium, he's attended the Freak Show as, as a spectator and a bunch of other events just as a an unofficial visitor. But um, you know, this was his first game, so to leave that positive first impression is only going to help UNC when it recruits when it recruits him. And I think he plans on returning when North Carolina hosts NC State later on this season. So that's um, that's going to be another opportunity that. UNC can have to to prove all the the bad reputation that that's being spread out prove those things wrong I mean we know that that some of that is is true I mean we're not I'm not at least trying to look at this with um any sort of shades on whatsoever but I think you know Saturday night clearly showed what the potential is Mm -hmm. and yeah some of it starts with the football team but some of it also starts with the fan base to come out and support the team regardless you know of what's going on yeah, and we're not trying to make excuses here. The fan turnout against Pittsburgh for the ACC home opener was terrible. I mean, that yeah. stadium was 50% full at absolute maximum, and I think it was even less than that. But it's like you said, and that's kind of the central theme here, is this shows that Keenan Stadium and the Carolina fans – they can support big time football. I mean, that environment, sure, it's not it probably, you know, up to the elite, elite level, but that's an environment given for a team that only had one win on the season. So you can imagine that if Carolina, if it was flipped and Carolina had one loss or was even potentially undefeated, just how much better things even could have been. And it's a major selling point to these kids because, you know, there's a reason why the SEC does have the reputation it has There's a reason why Clemson is known as like the SEC SEC school because they can really capture that enthusiasm that feeling on Saturdays that a lot of other schools just can't so Carolina definitely made some strides there and in terms of the group of prospects in general Don I'll admit that for the 2019 guys you know there wasn't a whole lot of really I felt standouts Probably the biggest name that I think Carolina can hope to land was Jaden McKenzie. And let's start the discussion there about Jaden. He's been to Carolina a lot. 
Don, you and I have talked about him several times on the on the podcast. We both think he is an absolute must get in this class. So do you think that the experience in Keenan Stadium helped the heels out with Jaden? And do you think he might be closer to making a college commitment at this time? Well, I don't think he's close to make a college commitment. He actually breaks down his recruitment, what different, uh, I guess, things are going to happen, what he wants to accomplish, when he wants to decide, and all that in the update we actually posted on Monday morning. So I won't give away too many details. What I will say is that he, very similar to uh, Mitchell Mays, he commented on just how good the crowd was. And he has attended many games, so his, his perspective is a little bit different from from Mays's is that, you know, Jaden McKenzie has attended many games and he, he lives what, like, you know, right down the road, really at Wake Forest high school, he attends Wake Forest high school. So, um, but uh, you know, he said it's the, it's the best atmosphere he's been to in Keenan stadium and, and really kind of, it really impressed him. And I think that uh, depending on what happens with some of the schools that are involved with him, this could t- potentially be a little bit of a dog fight. You know, it, it's definitely worth monitoring. I think North Carolina has a great shot at landing him uh, just because of the connection he has to the school, his familiarity with the school, all those sort of things. But again, for those who want a full breakdown of what's going on with him, what's the latest, what are some other, other, um, I guess, visits coming up that are going to play an important factor, definitely check out that, uh, that update we posted on Monday morning. All right. And then the two other names from, from the 2019 class, Don, that I wanted to have you touch on were – Coffrey Brown and then Anthony Harris. Let's start with Brown because he was a name on that you had back in, I think your mock class 1.0. I think he has since dropped out of the most recent mock class. And we have not seen Coffrey on campus. Really, to my knowledge, is this the first? He was not at the pit game. So no. is this the first time in a while that he's actually been back to Chapel Hill? Uh, yes. Well, all right. as a recruit, yes. But I'm sure yes. he's visited plenty f- for um to see his brother. And he actually was on uh, was intending on attending the original home opener against uh, UCF. So it, it's, I, I think it's a little deceiving to say that he's this is the first time he's visited in a long time. And I'm sure he's made some visits just to go and see his brother, who's starting for North Carolina as a true freshman. You know the. You know, the situation with him is, you know, North Carolina obviously needs a receiver. The preference would be a taller guy because they have some, they have speed guys and guys that are very similar to, um, to Chaffrey. But um, I don't think North Carolina would turn Chaffrey away if he wanted to commit to UNC. But I think just the, the focus is just on the taller guys. And I think Tennessee right now, who, you know, appears to be the team to beat, I think that they're recruiting him harder just because they're in more of a need for a player that fits his mold. Whereas North Carolina, again, is looking for the taller, longer wide receivers. All right. And then, so the other name that I mentioned was current Tennessee commitment, Anthony Harris. So he's out of Havelock, North Carolina. I think this may have been a little bit of a surprise name to see pop up. I know I personally was Don. Is there anything to read into the fact that, that Harris visited? Or do you think that this was kind of, more in lines of, hey, Carolina has a night game. He's a local kid. He just felt like going to check it out. As of right now, I don't think there's anything to look at with this. Um, but, 
you know, basically it was a situation we talked about this last week where we said that there were going to be guys who are going to visit. They're going to surprise us, you know, just because of the fact that one, it's a, it's a marquee game played at night again, you know, in a, a fairly um, even matched game um, against two rivals. And there were no other games really going on. There's no other, no other power five games going on in the state of North Carolina because of buys and teams playing away and everything. And then in South Carolina, Virginia, it was just Virginia playing at home and um, uh, South Carolina playing at home. Um, But besides that, 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 that was basically the options you had if you were a recruit and you wanted to attend a game. And if you're one of your very good friends, Welton Spotsville, who's committed to North Carolina, intends on going there. So you already have a ride. You might as well take it. And um, that's not to say that North Carolina is completely out of it with him. You know, I think that um, the door is cracked a little bit. But as of right now, there's really nothing to um, to get excited about, to be completely honest. That could change. You know, um, the effects of this this visit or conversations with coaches which will start to get amped up once the contact period starts up and that could change some things but as right now there's nothing to really get excited about all right before we talk about the rest of the recruits that were on campus let's talk about jersey mike subs of chapel hill guys a new jersey mike store has just opened up this one is at the chatham crossing the lowe's food shopping center in chatham county that new shop is only 12 minutes away from the heart of chapel hill right down 15501 and it's on the way for anyone coming to chapel hill from larenburg pinehurst southern pine sanford or pittsburgh and remember, all fall, Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill is partnered with the Inside Carolina Podcast to offer a great deal for our listeners. All you need to know is the code HEELS15 to get 15% off of your order. It's an online promotion only, so you go to jerseymikes.com order, click the locations nearest to you, choose your order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter that code HEELS15, and you get that 15% off of your whole order. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. Do it today. Place an online order at one of those four Chapel Hill and Hillsborough locations and also at the new shop in Chatham County. It's a super easy process. Just remember the code HEELS15. And also look for Jersey Mike subs inside of Keene Stadium and with the tailgate guys this fall. So support the IC podcast and get 50% off of your Jersey Mike's order. It's a win-win with that code HEELS15. So, Don, let's talk about some of the underclassmen or, I guess, juniors and and sophomores that were at the game. You kind of alluded to this in our podcast last week that UNC fans probably could expect to see higher profile guys from those two classes than they could for the 2019 class. And it looks like that bared out in the end. But we talked about Mitchell Mays, who's going to be a high four-star guy. You know, you had some other guys like Jack Holyfield, who's the brother of Dax Holyfield, who uh, ended up selecting Virginia Tech last year, played against the Heels on Saturday. Uh, He was warmly greeted by some of the Carolina faithful who knew who he was. So, you know, talk to us about about those guys, Don, and who were some of the bigger names that you think stood out that fans should be remembering going into next year? Well, really, from Saturday night, there were a ton of of guys who already had UNC offers. I mean, it was is a great collection. Um, I know that a lot of the names aren't familiar to UNC fans, but this was a huge home run for UNC when it comes to getting those underclassmen on campus. And my focus, to be honest, is is the junior class 
you know, guys like uh, we mentioned Mitchell Mays and getting him on, ca- on campus is, is tremendous. You know, you have Elijah Burris is a running back that in-state running back from um, Mountain Island charter that UNC offered a couple ga- couple weeks into the season uh, because of just how he has looked during his junior season. He's very high on the, on the UNC running back uh, wish list for the 2020 class. Um, Malik McGowan is a huge offensive lineman from Charlotte Catholic. And Catholic, they actually won the state championship in their classification last year. They have a really good team again this year. They rely a lot on the run. So clearly he's a big part of that. Um, so uh, he's another guy that uh, we'll have an update on. We'll have an update with with Burris also. Um, Kendall Carr is a, a kid who's not getting a whole lot of um, publicity. And a lot of that is is that he doesn't have a ton of offers. North Carolina has offered him, though. He had a really good camp. He's a, a tight end just outside of um, uh, just outside of Charlotte in, in Belmont, North Carolina. But he's a guy that North Carolina has a great shot with, and they really like. They got to work with him a lot during the summer, so he's high on their list. There's a bunch of 2021 guys who were there who had UNC offers. Tylen Dunlap, Cayman Marley is another one. Dontavius Nash, who's a teammate of uh, Tony Davis, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. He's uh, from uh, Gastonio Huss High School. Uh, Zaire Patterson is a guy who um, is a defensive end, tall defensive end, primarily played basketball up until this season. Uh, we actually ran an intro story on him. He has a very, very unique story. You know, great length, you know, just learning the game. UNC has offered him. He's a guy who I think has a potential to be pretty big time for the 2021 class. You know, if he develops the way I think he will. Uh, Kobe Pesor and his teammate uh, Day Day Wilson, both from Kings Mountain, um, both really good players. Uh, that UNC has offered from the 2021 class. Um, yeah, I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, there's tons of guys that UNC offered who um, you know, you're going to be hearing about in, in the years to come for sure. Well, you know, it's always encouraging, Don, though, just to see that huge list of names it, because, again, with recruiting, you never know when some fruit may, may come to bloom there in the sense of, you know, you bring one guy on from a high school, maybe he's not the best prospect, but – you know, his, his coach really appreciates the offer. Then they have a four-star, five-star guy coming down the pipeline. Maybe someone's friends with another high, highly ranked guy. You can never, really never go wrong with getting as many kids on campus as you possibly can. And it sounds like that's the approach that the coaching staff took with this night game and this very unique experience to get kids in Keene Stadium for that. Yeah, and, you know, this is not maybe exactly where you're going with it, but there was somebody who was in attendance who uh, who actually visited when uh, when he was in high school and he came back as a college transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you, you got to think that his visit when he was in high school played a big part in him wanting to come back to North Carolina once he decided that he needed to transfer. So I, I'll just I'll just give the segue to you and let you roll with it now. Well, I think, uh, you know, if, if we're playing a, a game of guess who, hopefully most <laughs> Carolina fans could, could figure out who we're talking about right now. But that would be former Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant. He was there, Don, from the accounts that, you know, are, have come trickling in from secondary sources and people that just saw him. It really looked like Bryant was all in on this game and very engaged. Yeah, no, he, um, from the get-go, I mean, when I first saw him, on campus i mean he seemed like he was really enjoying his time for sure and uh i mean he was he was a rock star to be completely honest i <laughs> i go down the sidelines during pregame you know to check out the recruits that are there and all that 
And uh, I have, I've been doing that for, I don't even know how many years, but it's been a very long time. And I can't think of a time where you had any individual, recruit or not, come down and have just people just run up to him requesting selfies with him. And um, I mean, there, there had to be at least, you know, five or so recruits or parents or whoever that came up to him asking for selfies. And he seemed to love every moment of it. He also has some conversations with some of the former UNC players that are on the sidelines, which was nice to see. Um, but he had a huge smile throughout, just really seemed to be loving the attention, which is actually kind of different from when he was in high school. He really kind of uh, steered clear from the, rooting, the, the recruiting uh, media, um, didn't do a whole lot of interviews. Um, his, uh, his recruitment was very, very quiet. And uh, he you know, committed to Clemson, which is not very far from his home. Um, so, but this sounds like he's you know, a completely different person with all this, which is great. We actually uh, caught up with Kelly Bryant uh, right after the visit. Um, he, he spent the night on Saturday, and on his ride home, he gave us a call. I believe that um, at last check, we were the only media outlet to get up with him. So um, if you want to see how he felt about the uh, about the visit, North Carolina, where other schools are involved, you know what his timeline looks like, and all that sort of stuff. You have to check out Inside Carolina. We had a huge front page front page story on him uh, that we posted on Sunday. Uh, but but since it's a big story, we kept it up for the majority of Monday also. So definitely check that out for for all the questions. What you know from from your perspective, um, you being the pulse of the fan, um, getting him on campus. What uh, you know, and just seeing seeing some of the stuff I heard that he was on, you know, the TV broadcast actually showed him on stands, showed him in with the crowd and everything like that. What what uh, what was your perspective on that? It was definitely a positive. I think though it was kind of a unique situation where the fan base saw a glimpse of Cade Fortin, like I mentioned earlier. And to be honest, he was impressive. Don, I think last year you and I both kind of sang Fortin's praises a little bit, even though there was a limited film on him. And, you know, if you read between the lines a little bit when it came to Cade, I think he probably would have been closer to a four-star kid had he not been hurt basically his entire senior season. And Carolina fans saw a little bit of a glimpse into that but I think if you had asked most people before the game, I don't want to say like he would be viewed as the answer to UNC's quarterback woes, but a lot of people would have said that, look, this is a guy that if Carolina is going to succeed at that position, he kind of almost is a must get as far as a transfer goes. Now I think with Cade, and we still haven't seen what Reuter has to show yet either, I think it's a little bit more of an up-in-the-air type where – you probably still would love to get Bryant on campus as an actual player because his pedigree speaks for for itself. That the kid's a winner. He was at the highest level of Division One football. He performed well, and it's not like he lost his job and you know is, is electing to transfer due to really poor performance. He got beat out by what Jason Staples called a probably one of the best uh, high school quarterbacks and college players that he thinks will be a number one, number two pick in an NFL draft. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's fair to say. I mean, Clemson went with someone who is going to, they think, provide even a greater level than what Bryant could. 
But when you're comparing to what Bryant offers as opposed to what's on the roster right now, it's hard to say that he would not be an immediate upgrade. And, you know, Don, what a lot of people I've seen maybe think that, uh, oh, well, Carolina tried this when they brought in Brandon Harris from LSU. But to me, I think this is an entirely different situation. And if Bryant does elect to transfer to the heels, it really only provides positives, if anything, than just from a depth and leadership point of view. Yeah, and it's always a gamble with these uh, these transfers. And and I, I agree. I think that this is a way different situation than Brandon Harris. Brandon Harris lost his job because of his performance. Kelly Bryant lost his job for the reasons that you mentioned. And um, but yeah, you know, there's there's still that risk involved. I mean, yeah, Bryant played well, but was it because of the talent he has around him and the defense that will always bail him out? I mean, that that remains to be seen, and we'll, we'll see that next year. But let me ask you, I got I got a question that uh, I was actually asked you know recently. If you have the choice between Sam Howe and Kelly Bryant, what direction do you go? You can only have one. Mm-hmm. Which Sam direction Howell. do you go? Why? Sam Howell. Because I think with Sam Howell, you go with the potential and the longer time that he would be able to play in your system than Bryant. Because best case with Bryant, you get one year. And if Carolina does turn it over to Bryant, then he's going to be the presumed starter, and that would prevent a freshman like Fortin or Reuter from seeing the field, which is fine if Bryant truly beats them out. But with Sam Howell... If you can land him, he is a high four-star kid. He's from North Carolina. It really boosts the recruiting right now, and it helps kind of placate the fan base in terms of UNC's able to land a top 10 four-star in-state prospect. And I think it is more valuable to have four, potentially five years of a guy and see what can happen as opposed to one year of Bryant. And it's a gamble either way, Don. But give me a true freshman who has that potential over Bryant, who could be good for that one year. Now, to be fair, I think if you'd asked me this before seeing Cade Fortin, I would have said, give me Bryant, honestly. But I think what Fortin showed, I'm just very, very high on him. And I think next year, if the offense was turned over completely to him, I would be fine with that. And we'll see if that transpires. Real quick, Don, before we get back to our recruiting discussion, let's talk about HeelsTravel.com. They are our good friends. They have been offering great packages for the entire fall right now. They're the easiest way to book travel to big UNC away basketball and football games. Now, right now, they are offering packages to Las Vegas for three nights and two games in that city and also for two nights in Chicago when UNC takes on Kentucky. They also are offering packages for hotel accommodations if you want to travel to the ACC basketball tournament in Charlotte. To get those and more packages, visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. Now, a little bit of of information on the trip to Las Vegas. That includes round-trip airfare from RDU, round-trip transportation from the airport to the hotel, and a three-night stay at the Aria Resort and Casino. The trip to Chicago will feature two of the best teams in the nation when they square off on December 22nd. It's going to be an awesome matchup in a great city. So visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. Yeah, so that was my thoughts on on Bryant versus Howell. What about you? You know, wh- where would you come down in that? Well, I agree with you, and I and I think you hit on all the major points. 
The one thing I'll point out, though, is that the offense next year is returns a lot. Um, yeah. And I guess you could look at that in a couple of different ways. It could be a positive or a negative. But usually it's viewed as a positive. Um, by my count, and this is only looking at graduation, not any early attrition, uh, the offense will only lose Thomas Jackson and Brandon Fritz. And neither one of those guys have made much of an impact this year. So you get, you know, the entire offensive line will return. Your, all your running backs will return. Your, the majority of your receivers, except for Jackson, will return. They'll have more experience. You have guys like De'Ami Brown, who has started every game this year. He'll be a sophomore with, I'm assuming, a full year of starting experience. You know, uh, Antoine Green will be a sophomore, and I believe that he'll play significantly for the rest of this, of this season also. I mean, he's played, I think, a couple, two or three games this year. So he's going to have another year of experience. So, you know, I guess if I'm just playing devil's advocate, what I'm saying is is that, you know, Bryant would be the best guy to kind of throw into that situation because really, if you look at it, all you're, all you're missing is a quarterback that you can rely on. Fortin showed that he could be that guy, but it was a very small sample size, and it might only be a small sample size depending on what ends up happening with his injury. But I'll leave that for another podcast um, that's out of my my wheelhouse. But um, but yes, and and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I agree because because I think the the uh, response to that is well, you know, what better situation for a true freshman to play? or even an inexperienced quarterback to play in is with an offensive line that has been together for a couple of years and um, with, with experienced weapons also. Yeah. And I think that's where it really comes down to. I think if you have that support there for potential true freshmen, then it could really help them reach their full potential rather than what happened, you know, arguably last season with Chas Surratt, where he came in, his confidence got shaken and it's debatable, right? Well, he, he will not be regaining it for the Tar Heels regardless. Now, Don, let's talk about one guy that was a no-show for last Saturday's game, and that was cornerback Tony Davis. He has his announcement coming up this Friday, and you know, I think, Don, it doesn't take too much to see that him deciding not to show up to a night game in Chapel Hill right before he makes his decision is not really the best sign for Tar Heel fans, but is there anything that you can do to lift my spirits there? Or, you know, I think uh, is the writing on the wall when it comes to Tony Davis. No, the, the, the writing unfortunately is on the wall. You know, basically from what I was told, it's not looking good for North Carolina. And I think North Carolina had, a, you know, just a, a chance to really kind of swing the momentum back in their direction if he would have attended. Uh, and, from when I was told, he was on the fence on whether to attend as of Friday night. Clearly, he decided not to attend. He had a couple of teammates who were there. We mentioned Dontavious Nash earlier. Zoe Wallace is a quarterback, a 2020 quarterback from his team, who was also there. So he would definitely would have had a ride if he needed one. And uh, this was a, clearly a decision that he, he made, knowing you know, kind of figuring he didn't want to um, muddy up his his situation. Um, he, he, I'm assuming that he feels like he has a good grasp on what he wants to do and doesn't want to complicate that anymore because I know that he's dealt with a lot of doubt throughout his uh, recruitment ever since North Carolina offered him and, and made him kind of rethink his commitment to Duke. Now, obviously that, uh, that led to him decommitting from Duke. And you know, at one point, several points, really North Carolina was considered the leader, um, but uh, it looks like it's swinging back 
to Duke. I think the best that UNC fans can hope for at this point, I mean, I, I fully expect them to pick Duke unless something changes within the next few days. So the best thing is, you know, th- obviously there's a couple of da- there's a couple more months until the December signing period. And I don't imagine that UNC would just all of a sudden just back off on, on him, um, especially considering he has a lot of um, pro UNC influences around him. So the best thing is to think that some, something happens where North Carolina can just persuade him to take an official visit and they're able to, to steal him at the 11th hour. Well, we'll see, Don. I mean, like you said, it sounds as if this and I want, one Yeah, is... I want to say that I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's what the best you best hope for at, at this point, unless something just crazy happens between now and Friday, which I'm, I'm not expecting. Yeah, it happens sometimes, but it doesn't sound like this is going to be one of those instances. Don, the Heels now have two away weeks. They play at Syracuse this Saturday. Then they're at UVA the Saturday after that. So their next home game is not until November 3rd for Georgia Tech. Do you think that these next two weeks could be a little bit on the quieter side when it comes to getting recruitment news? I think so. I think that if anything comes out over these next couple of weeks, it's going to be guys finalizing official visits. It looks like those um, those couple of weekends in December are going to be big for North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And everyone who doesn't remember, we have a signing period in December, in, the, in roughly the middle of the month. So uh, getting those, uh, those official visits are going to be huge for for those developments with, with that early December signing period. Since we saw last year, the majority of guys just wanted to kind of get it over with and sign, and college coaches were more than happy to oblige and get those guys signed so they can only they only had to focus on a handful at most recruits for that final month or so of the, the recruiting cycle. Yeah, and you know, with the UNC class still kind of ranked as as what's shaping up to be the worst one of the Lay Fedora era. Hopefully there are some bigger names that pop up, Don, in those weeks in December. Like you said, I know that the coaching staff is going to do everything they can to get guys on campus. And you know, I think uh, everyone can kind of also circle that game against NC State coming up as really the next huge game as far as recruiting purposes go. But we have lots of time to talk about that one in the future. But this one, Don, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up, man. Thanks a lot for talking with me. And we'll be in touch over these next few weeks just to see if anything does shake out. All right, sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.